Hey, welcome to episode 79 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and this is going to be an interesting episode. This is going to be more about perspective and prospects about the Montreal Canadiens. Because there are just some really odd and unusual perspectives, attitudes, and thoughts going on out there that I just want to talk about and try to wrap my head around. Starting with, Montreal clearly has tremendous depth on defense and has a lot of decisions coming as to who's going to be able to be playing, who's going to be the starting six, who's going to be kind of role players and things like that, if you will. And that seems to be causing a lot of stress for a lot of people. There's an old saying, you can't have too many defensive players, you, or if you will, you can't have too many defensemen in your system. That's a big belief by a lot of different people, and there's a lot of value and a lot of truth to that. It's been proven over the years. That being said, the top four spots, although it's been nice to see Justin Braun find a home with Caden Gooley, I don't know how long-term that is. And even if his game improves significantly this year, which it has, I want to give the player credit. I don't know if there's going to be a spot for him because there are just too many players and as weird as this is to say too much talent that he may be deemed one of the ones that has to be traded. And I know that's probably not going to sit well with some people, but think about it. The top four positions on that defense probably will be unless something radically changes. David Reinbacher, first round pick overall in the 2023 draft by the Canadians with the fifth selection, along with Lane Hudson. They offset each other's skills, but as a pair have tremendous offense, tremendous fluid skating and transition, and very, very solid skill sets. Back to Caden Gooley and Justin Baran, Caden Gooley's eventual right defensive partner is probably going to be Logan Mylou, because Caden Gooley is... Got some offensive upside, but his exceptional shutdown skills as a defenseman. Logan Mylou, on the other hand, is like David Reinbacher, like Lane Hudson, probably going to be more offensive. However, though, he's one of those players that we're going to get to with the next two we're going to talk about, has quite a mean streak and a physical game as well. So he is a phenomenal match, most likely, with Caden Gooley, even better than Justin Baran has been. Which brings me to the third pairing that I want to talk about. And I think either one of these players could play second pairing easily, but they're probably going to be the third pairing because of those four previous players that I mentioned. Arbor Jacki and Jaden Struble. And here's what's really weird about those two players is that Montreal has needed intimidating, fear-striking, impact, take-care-of-your-teammates players for decades. It's not a recent need. It's been something that has plagued the team as many people, whether they're in the media, whether they're fans, whoever it is, has said, oh my God, Montreal's too soft. Montreal's too small. Montreal can't match up. Montreal can't play a physical game. Other teams take advantage of them all the time. Sometimes they can depend on their speed and skills, but other teams shut them down especially in the playoffs, especially as the year progresses as smaller players who might, not absolutely, but might be getting tired, can't take the grind supposedly as much as the bigger physical players can and things like that, which is always why you have your St. Louis's, Dallas, Las Vegas, San Jose for years, always have been your bigger rugged teams. And that's why they do so well in the playoffs. 
They can play it any way you want it. They can grind it out. They can match you goal for goal. They're in your face. Whatever they need to be, they are. And that's where Montreal needs to be. And Arbor Jacki and Jaden Struble are exactly the kind of players that Montreal has needed even more than them of. I mean, that's two, but now you can throw in Logan Mylou, and they're going to need some forwards that can do that same thing. That would have been nice to see Josh Anderson do. I realize it's been a hard year. I realize he's been snake-bitten. I realize he hasn't scored goals. But had he been able to at least become that kind of player versus the scoring expectation, that too would have been invaluable. But let's not get sidetracked from Arbor Jack Guy and Jaden Struble. They're both physical, but yet their physical skill sets are different. They play different physical games. And here's the reason both of them can exist on the defense Is everybody forgetting they can play right or left? Yes, they are natural left defensemen. They can play the right side as well. Not kinda, not a little bit, not make it work or any of that kind of weird stuff. They can play both sides equally as well. Why can't they be a defensive pair? Why can't they be that defensive pairing that people are like, oh, no, No, I have no interest in going after one of their players tonight because I know what awaits me. And that's what you want. You want hesitation. You want intimidation. I'm not promoting hurting players at all. But you want players that make people think twice before attacking a Cole Caulfield, a Raphael Harvey-Pennard, a Brendan Gallagher. They've got a number of smaller, skilled players. And if those players can have space made for them, buy an Arbor Jack guy, buy a Jaden Struble, buy a Logan Mylou or others, that's all to the benefit. That gives them the ability to excel even greater with their skill sets, more space to like create opportunities that Montreal has been known for in its rich history. It was always amazing to watch teams of the 70s and before because of the abilities of those players and the team skill set overall that it had gave space to those players to both move around, transition, and light up the other opposition's goaltend. And that's exactly what those kind of players do. That's why they are so needed in Montreal. And wouldn't it be nice to not have to worry about somebody targeting, and I'm just going to say Cole Caulfield because he's a current, younger, smaller forward of the Montreal Canadiens. Many consider a franchise scorer or a sniper. Wouldn't it be nice if he doesn't have to look over his shoulders because he has that on his team and can play his game consistently, which apparently there's a lot of people that's like, oh my God, Cole Caulfield doesn't already have 20 goals. He's fallen off some kind of cliff. Look, Cole Caulfield is like any kind of skilled player. To maximize that player's ability, he needs to play with skilled players. That's why he plays so well with Suzuki. Both of them have hockey instincts that they almost can make blind passes and they know the other person is going to be there because of speed, how they perceive the game, how they position themselves on the ice. Players become very familiar with those things. That's called chemistry. And maybe he can play with Kirby Doc next year when he comes back because Kirby Doc is also a highly skilled player and arguably may even be a better center than Nick Suzuki. I'm not going to make that comment or decision yet. The jury and the judge 
Judge is still out on that one. It's going to be hard for them to have a better center than Nick Suzuki. Maybe he'll be the ultimate two-way center, but he is still a very skilled player who's eating up tons of minutes, who's got the responsibility of captain, who's up against every night because he's the only skilled center on the team for the most part right now, of playing the opposition's best and being expected in a lot of ways to shut them down as well so think about that as a responsibility for one player there's not a whole hell of a lot of players in the league doing that right now that's a hell of an expectation on Suzuki so before anybody gives him and Caulfield flack for oh my god they're not on a point per game or more pace again the team is not done rebuilding yet Kirby Doc's injury as we've talked about in previous episodes was a major impact not only for his development not only for his line which clearly Alex Newhook and Yarav Slavkowski when they were playing with him were clearly better more comfortable more in a position to succeed players but it had a ripple effect on the entire lineup and team that in the world of injuries that have a significant impact on the team Doc's injury was probably the one player and the one injury the team really really didn't want to see more so probably than anyone else now continuing on with current insanity back to a topic that just won't go away it's got like a life of its own oh my god Montreal has three goaltenders on their rosters and now of course because Sam Montembeau has signed a new three-year 9.45 million dollar total value contract with an annual hit of 3.15 per season now everybody's like oh well see now you, there's no way you can't start Sam Montembeau all the time and one of these guys have got to go what is the obsession and hurry with trading a goaltender you've actually got a great situation especially now with mountain bow's new contract and by the way at a decent amount per season for a decent amount of years rather than wrapping somebody up for like seven or eight years at a ridiculous salary he wasn't insulted he was given a decent raise based on what he's achieved i think it's an equal value in return right now Contrary to those people who wanted to sign up for, oh, you got to sign up for six years, six million dollars a year. No, you don't. Not if you got any kind of clue about cap management. It's a 20 man roster. You can't throw money like that around. Even with the projected increases in the cap they're talking about for next season, you still can't throw it around, especially when people need to think about all the players and talent that they've got coming and arriving that have already been there and still heading their way. There's a lot of players that are going to have a lot of high value contracts. So you best keep your flexibility really really actively able to be manipulated but back to the goaltenders so sam montebo signed his new contract good we have stability excellent he's a 27 year old goaltender fairly young you've got caden primo who i still maintain has played the best goaltending of the year of all the games the team has played and has continued to even in buffalo last night has shown tremendous growth in his game which is what the organization wanted to see and because of his age and because of nhl ruling and policies he can't be sent back down he will get taken from the organization for nothing if they do that unfortunately that leaves jake allen and jake allen is got to be the definition of a team player 
Excellent team member, excellent and tremendous leader, tremendous in the locker room, a hell of a mentor for the other goaltenders. Unfortunately, his age, his injuries, the status of the team, and where the organization is in its development process all points to Allen being the one out of the three that need to be moved. And it's unfortunate because I think he would be a great mentor to Caden Primo. But unless you signed Sam Mountainbow to get him under contract that is palatable to another team that's interested in acquiring him, it's got to be Mountainbow and Primo moving forward in goal, which gives the other prospects within the organization time to develop. Not saying the two in Primo and Mountainbow aren't good enough. Not saying that at all, but at least they are 27 and 24 years of age respectively that can provide the team time, can provide the other prospects development. Jake Allen's not going to be that goaltender. Jake Allen is in the back nine, as they like to say, of his career. But his value as a team leader and in the locker room and as a mentor will be missed. But unfortunately, he is the logical choice to be the one of the three traded because of his age and especially his injuries. And to a playoff team, he could be a very, very important component in the playoffs because he can give them that step right in, I can take care of this on a short-term goaltending job if their starter gets hurt or at least make their goaltending more stable for a player on a team for a team that is in the playoff or a contender of the playoffs right now. And on top of all that, like I mentioned, we talk about perspectives and things and attitudes. What is with the ridiculous out-of-left-field discussions regarding Yuri Slavkovsky? In recent times, and when I say in recent times, let's define that as the last 43 years from 1980 to 2023. I can only think of four players who have literally lit it up like they were shot out of a cannon at 18 years of age. Wayne Gretzky. Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid. What is wrong with people that somehow believe that an 18-year-old drafted number one overall in their sport or league should somehow, with exception, both be unquestionably entertaining and take over their game from the day they started playing it? at the pro level. What is wrong with people? I mean, is that, I'm not even going to ask if that's a rational thought or expectation. It is complete stupidity and very clearly cluelessness, but 18 year olds going into the best league in the world of their sports are very, very rarely going to achieve that. Slavkowski is still only 19 years of age. And just to flip this for a second, because everybody's like, oh, see, they drafted the wrong player. Who should they have drafted? Shane Wright? Like everybody else wanted to? Because I don't remember a lot of people talking about the two finalists I thought were the option for Montreal in the 2022 draft, which one of them was Yuri Slavkowski, and the other was Logan Cooley, in my opinion. But see, a lot of people in Montreal might have the short-term issue with this memory-wise, because a lot of people go, oh, no, 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 Logan Cooley's, he's only like 5'10", he's another small player, we need the big six-foot-plus center. They weren't interested in Logan Cooley. There were a few, but most of them said, no, 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 he's going to be another, he's too small of a player. But he was the other selection. I thought if Montreal wasn't going to take Yuri Slavkowski, Logan Cooley would have been my pick. But everybody was on board 
with Shane Wright, the Mr. I Got Special Privileges that joined the OHL at 15 years old, with the exception rule. And I'm not picking on Shane Wright, but where has he gone and been since he was drafted? So if people are unhappy with Yuri Slavkovsky, they just got to be losing their mind with Shane Wright. And fortunately for Shane Wright, he did go to Seattle because he can just blend in take his time, develop longer if he needs to, they'll be able to do that with him. Whereas if he was in Montreal right now, oh my God, people would lose their mind. With as many people that came out of the woodwork and had nothing good to say about Yaspiricock and Yemi or other first round picks, if they would have taken Shane Wright, everybody would have been all over the Montreal management and said, oh my God, how it was a total cluster. They blew the opportunity. And back to Yurav Slavkowski, his game has improved dramatically this year. Keep in mind, he played seven games internationally before playing in a tournament when he was drafted. He only played 39 games in his rookie year because he got injured. Are you going to blame him like somehow he got injured on purpose on his own? That's insane. He had his first offseason to continue to work with all the talented people in the Montreal organization from a development standpoint. He's being put in a position to win by not only Coach Martin St. Louis, General Manager Kent Hughes, Executive VP Jeff Gordon. They're working with the kid and he's still 19 years old. Yeah, he was physically mature. Yes, he was 6'4", 240. Doesn't mean he's completely in tune with every capability physically or mentally that he has yet. He needs to grow into it. Cut the kid some slack. He's going to be a really, really good player. He's shown that this year. He has shown growth in multiple sectors of his game as a player, as a growing person into their own body. Give them time to excel. All of this points to an enormously important question about the current status of society and its obsession and clear preference to injecting fear, chaos, instability, subjective opinions rather than objective factual opinions, lack of integrity, ethics, honorable behavior. That needs to be the standard. That needs to be the expectation. And then most importantly, that needs to be gotten back to because it used to be prevalent rather than the minuscule minority newt once in a while oh my god that's been gone for so long who has that anymore everybody should let's take a breath and actually stand back and evaluate and actually have an idea of what's going on before just oh i want to be first i want to be first to doing that i I just want to make things up for attention that has no value has no tact and has no professionalism. That wraps up episode 79 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Thanks again for tuning in. 